0: welcome back to the bricks or as we like to call it we have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to ncaa basketball if you have seen our um bracket pool man alive nick and i are tied for last um which means we have a bunch of intelligent fans who didn't listen to us or did listen to us and i didn't even pick my own picks nick i swear i told you this i think i was you know something was going on when i made my bracket because i don't remember making it and so uh there were some interesting picks on my part. But first-round reflections, Nick, give us, give us your biggest first-round takeaways. Um, even give us your takeaway on it starting on a Friday and running through Monday, you know, what that felt like. Um, give me any first-round takeaway you have.
1: Gonzaga is still Gonzaga. I think He's if almighty. you've watched anything, uh, any of Gonzaga – play they are the number one overall seed and they've looked like the number one overall seed i think that's got to be your major takeaway i'm sure you know oral roberts or oregon state or those kind of teams are going to jump out at you when you look at the sweet 16 matchups in a few moments but gonzaga still gonzaga baylor's looked pretty good um we'll talk about them in a little bit but they've had a little bit of an easy path so we can discuss that but the those two one seeds look okay. Michigan's still there somehow. Not really sure how that happened against LSU. That game was ugly. Officiating was horrendous. All kind. It was just. It was just. Everything was atrocious. That game just needed to end. Um, and then Illinois. I think the the upset obviously of the tournament so far is Loyola Chicago over Illinois, which a, a lot of people were banging the drums when the bracket came out that Loyola was highly, highly, highly underseeded. Um, top 10 Ken Palm team, number one in defensive efficiency. And, you know, I did some talking behind scenes about Loyola, but not not confident enough to put it on the pod. But, man, they, they shut down Illinois. They, they took away everything that they do that's successful. They shut down Io. They shut down Coburn. They did everything. I think Brad Underwood got absolutely outcoached. Didn't really feel like he made a whole lot of adjustments. Um, but Porter Moses – might have any job he wants after this weekend if he if they get to the final four again he could probably sign anywhere he wants to and we'll get there in a moment but i think ohio state losing to oral robert's obviously that was that was a big upset on day 1 and i will say i did i did like the friday saturday sunday monday format personally as a teacher as someone who didn't want to stay up late on thursday night to watch those late games and knew that you could do it on friday and saturday i really enjoyed that and i liked I liked having that early upset, like Ohio state was gone and it was like four 30. Like mm-hmm. I loved, I mean the, the tournament, the actual tournament had begun for less than five hours and a, and a two seed was out. Like, I just enjoyed the way that the, this one broke down. And I think you're going to see it start to go a little bit more to form now that I think the, the good teams are going to start to flex now.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I mean, some first round first, Why did I just put first? First and second round. Jeez, Pete's First and second round takeaways, I guess, is where we're at is uh, if Baylor shoots the ball the way they did in their second round matchup against Wisconsin, um, and if Gonzaga keeps rolling, I don't really know why we need to play the rest of these games. We can just take those two and play each other. Um, If Baylor shoots the basketball the way they did, my goodness! I mean, seriously, it's not even it's not even fun to watch, watch those two teams play because I don't even know who's going to play them close. Um, and then the other takeaway is, dude, you get in the March, the old rosters um, win. Um, teams loaded with freshmen, sophomores those those teams don't win. It's teams that are you know tested um, teams that have an older roster teams that have, you know, some transfers in who have played in, on that stage before, those kind of things. You um, look at all those teams left. It's a lot of old teams. It's a lot of battle-tested teams. Illinois was probably the one team that was winning with young guys consistently. Um, and we saw what that did against a team that was loaded with a bunch of old guys. Um, and so that that's something that keeps holding true in March. Um, the other thing is, man, the Big Ten holds true again are they as good as people prop them up to be in the regular season, or is the conference just slow, um, not very athletic, a lot of mediocre coaches, um, those kind of things going on, and so they just they're they're even against each other, and we've propped them up to be really good. Um, something that something that's to be discussed, um, and you know, we didn't give enough credit to the Pac-12. I'll say it. I'll be the first one to say it. I do not watch Pac-12 anything. I might now. Um, if I stay up late on a weekend from now on, I might watch that thing because Pac-12 basketball has looked elite. Um, I'll say it. It's looked really good. There's some really athletic teams. There's some really solid fundamental teams. Mick Cronin is showing us with all the stuff going on at UC. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Mick Cronin is showing us that he can coach um, circles around some people. He coached circles around the dude at BYU. I'll say it. But um, it's it's been an interesting March thus far.
1: I mean, it's all about coaches and guard play. That's what March is about. And That's it's it really is. about it's about adjustments. And Brad Underwood, for example, did not make adjustments offensively. And so Illinois never adjusted to Loyalist defense. And it wasn't about watching film and it wasn't about scouting. It was about adjusting on the fly. I mean, you look at a I mean, you look at any of these under-seated teams or even over-seated teams getting Getting beat or making the upset, either way you look at it, it's just coaching. That's all it is. And that's why Jay Wright's still here. You know, that's why, like you talked about, the older teams are still here. It's either an old team and a great coach, which is a lot of the teams still left, or it's a great coach who can make adjustments and has the dudes to win it. And I think when when it comes to the Big Ten, I think you have to you have to wonder were we wrong the whole season? Did we just no. have a wrong perspective of I mean, it goes back to the rankings debate that we like to have. Like, you have to decide somebody's great. And once you decide somebody's great, then everything else is just in relationship to that team being great. So maybe Illinois and Michigan and Iowa were never great, and we just thought they were. And because of the COVID year and because of the different amounts of games and all those different things, we didn't have a real sample size to compare to other conferences. And we just thought they were good. But when it came down to it, I mean, we've talked about Iowa a lot on this podcast neither of us were high on Iowa because they did one thing and my my theory Justin has always been all right Luca Garza go score 65 well Luca Garza scored 37 and they lost so that i mean i think that's what Oregon's strategy they got was got thumped like they
0: didn't you can just have lose they got thumped you can beat
1: us if you score 65 now also, Oregon shot lights out, and also, Oregon's a team that was underseeded and hasn't been healthy all year, and all those things too. Their resume is not who they are, and and then that shows 12. up in March too. The whole Pac twelve, exactly. And again, it's relative, right? At some point, somebody's decided somebody's strength of schedule or somebody's net ranking is higher than somebody else's, and it's harder to win at this place than this place. This conference has higher rankings than this. Pac twelve has been underranked all season, so they all have a low net ranking you know maybe they've been tricking the computers i don't know but the pac12 is is better than the big 10 this year i mean you can say that pretty definitively justin the coaching carousel is spinning it's absolutely spinning oh, it's in we can't full even motion. Keep, can't keep it straight indiana is still open indiana reportedly has had somebody you know behind the scenes for a while uh, originally it was okay well whoever loses first in NCAA tournament maybe they they'll get the gig here like if Muscleman wants the job. If Arkansas gets knocked off, maybe he'll take it. Well, they're still in the tournament. Um, Then it became the Porter Moser show after he beat Illinois. Who knows if he even wants to leave Loyola. And now we've got Shaka Smart reportedly. It's still not officially final, but reportedly out at Texas of his own volition, going to Marquette, which is all kinds of shocking, um, especially because Kenny Payne was... It's it, shaka. Kenny Payne was supposed to be the Marquette head coach, former Kentucky assistant, because it's a former Kentucky AD over there at Marquette. But all that to say, things are happening. Chips are flying. So, Justin, let's keep it simple. Indiana is its own thing. They're living in the universe of 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right now, if you had to pick between Oklahoma, which Lon Kruger just retired to go watch his son and be a grandpa. Good shout out to him. him. Great career Good for him. Good for him. A great time to make that decision. If you had to choose between Oklahoma and now Texas, where Shaka has reportedly left, where
0: which which job are you choosing? I mean, I'm the lore of Texas would make it really hard not to take that job. But also Oklahoma is – the lore of Oklahoma might be greater than the lore of Texas now. Um, the boosters at Texas are absolutely insane. I mean, I knew – first off, I had Texas in a, a pool at work, and they were my only team left after – the, you know, they were the last game of the first round. They're my only team left, and they got beat. So I stayed up and watched the whole stinking game for them to get beat, and Abilene Christian just absolutely flat get after them on defense. And I knew as soon as that game was over that Shaka was walk. You can't get beat by a team in Texas that plays in a high school gym on a big stage and keep your job at Texas. So Shaka's like, I'll do the I'll do the job for you. I understand. You won't, you're going to fire me. I'll do it for you. Um, I'll go to Marquette, which is less pressure. Wojo has – Quietly made that program um, from good to not good in his time there. Um, and nobody's talking about it. Marquette was a team growing up that was always in the tournament. They were in the tournament every year. They were locked in as a, you know, six through nine seed every single year. Um, and it's it didn't happen anymore, um, which is interesting. So, I don't know. I think I'd rather have the Oklahoma job. I think it's an easier sell. Um, I think you have more time. You don't have to deal with the boosters that you're dealing with at Texas. Sign me up. Boomer sooner, baby. I'm taking that one over the Longhorns.
1: I'm assuming the Texas boosters are the same ones that keep running off football coaches. I could be wrong. It may be a difference. I think it's just – I mean, they got – that culture is
0: toxic. Let me ask you a question. Other than the Kevin Durant team, which he was there for three months – has a, has a Texas team in our lifetime been elite? We're 24 years old, Nick. We'll just throw that out there. I don't Has think a Texas so. think, team in our lifetime been that good?
1: There was a stretch there after Kevin Durant where they were – But great. they were
0: like the Tennessee team. They would get to the tournament and they wouldn't anything the I mean, ready, they, they were, they Rick, they were the Rick Barnes.
1: They were Rick yeah. Barnes's team. That's what he does. They, they win 25 games in the regular season and lose in the first weekend. I mean, yeah. that was – but I think it's got to be Oklahoma because Texas is the true rival of Kansas. Kansas isn't going anywhere. This was the first year in 25 years. Now, it was like 13 years that Bill Self in Kansas didn't win the Big 12. And Shaka Smart won to Big 12, and he's still leaving. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about expectations. And yes, I understand he's 1 0 uh, big dance games, and I get that. But Oklahoma is a better spot right now. I feel like it's a better program right now. And I, and I think some Texas were in fans, final
0: four, three years ago, three or four years ago,
1: some Texas fans like Indiana fans need to look themselves in the mirror and really understand. We are not who we thought we were and, and we're not who we used to be and get over it. And you got to build it back up. But it's like, I mean, who's going to, who's going to take the Texas job? And that's a conversation. They'll get somebody. It, They'll get but somebody. I mean, the best coach in Texas is Chris Beard. And unless Chris Beard wants to go to Indiana, he's not leaving Lubbock. So I mean, you're going to be you, you, the better coaches at Texas Tech, and then you got Bill Self, who's your natural rival. I think Oklahoma has true expectations of we make the tournament, you know, three or four years, and we're top five team in the Big Twelve. I think you can win there, and I think you can be comfortable there without feeling that Texas heat. And I'm just not, I'm not touching the Texas Longhorns program football, basketball. I don't even know. And after that, it's not even worth talking about. But let's get to the Sweet Sixteen. Let's talk about the games. That are happening again, another format change Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which is wild. But, but we're doing standalone Sweet 16 games, which is the first time ever. That's super fun. Unless we have a blowout, that might not be as fun because you can't flip over to another game. But let's start. Let's start with Cinderella herself, who is back from three years ago, Loyola Chicago, six and a half point favorites, Justin, as an eight seed over the Oregon State beavers how are you feeling about this
0: game uh oregon state i i don't understand i i really do not i i don't get i don't get it um but they keep winning so kudos to them um loyal good um they got the, the i i know this kid's name because his name's the same as mine they got the clemens kid on the on the wing they got the william williamson kid out there who's pretty good they got the big that looks like he should be um you know a happy hour um, and he was throwing, on the final
1: Four team, doing, which is the best doing, part.
0: Yeah. Happy hour doing Papa shot. Not they're playing basketball Sweet Sixteen. I mean, and absolutely torching Illinois. I mean, they ran their whole offense through him. They 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 brought him to the elbow, and they said, "Hey, big boy, we're gonna run the whole offense through you." And he's like, "All right," and he made it happen. they I mean, they're pretty. They're good. I mean, they're efficient on defense. They're efficient on offense. We know those things, um, but I mean, I I can't take Oregon State. I think Loyola covers. Um, I think they get it done. They're re- they're really good, man. And they're they're not in a big conference and nobody says it. Um, but they're good. They get stuff done.
1: Yeah, I think Porter Moser's already turned down the Indiana job, and they're going to win by double digits. That's my prediction. He's not going anywhere, at least not to Indiana. Loyola shuts him down defensively. And Oregon State, uh, there was a quote from the Oklahoma State uh, Boyton, Boynton, I think it's his last name, the coach for Oklahoma State, who they just beat. He basically was like, "You go back and watch film from anywhere three weeks or deeper. This is not the same team. Like somehow magically overrated. Hey, Cade, Cade, Cade Cunningham disappeared. Um, but he said if you go back and watch film, like literally past three weeks ago, this team doesn't exist. Like it's not even the same team. Like same they, dudes. They have a somebody big. that can't even move.
0: Yeah, they have a big. They can't move. But he's a tree trunk in there. Like. Good luck guarding him, which is why I think Loyola will be the best one to guard him because they have another, they have another oak in there to get it done. So I think
1: this one, I think this one's a snooze fest. I think Loyola shuts them down. They Oregon State scores like forty eight, and yeah. they win by double digits. Baylor Villanova though, I think that that's our that's our second one there. For these first two are on could, CBS, last two on could CBS. you believe
0: could you believe the line here? I thought it was really low, seven to be and honest a half with you. Se- Baylor seven and a half.
1: I think it says more about Baylor in the past three weeks than it does about Baylor's full season. And it's whether or not you believe post-COVID Baylor is the real Baylor. And I don't think if you've lost your first two games that that is the same team. I think they're back.
0: I mean, but we can't say Villanova's any better. Look at who they beat. They beat Winthrop, and then they played North Texas, who just got Conference USA tournament champions, baby. Yeah, who just Purdue rolled in and thought because they were playing at home and all these kind of things that they were going to get the job done. Another Big Ten disappointment. North Texas was not very good, um, to be honest with you. So, so you can't say Villanova's that good. Baylor's pretty dang good if they can shoot the ball like they did, and they they guard they're guarding at the elite level that we said they needed to. So Villanova
1: gets spanked by Georgetown in the first round of the Big East tournament, and you saw no Colin Gillespie Gillespie, excuse me. That's where you saw his him not being there being an issue. They've gotten through two not. Strong guard teams so far to get to this position. This is the exact wrong team to play without two strong guards. Baylor has the dudes. Baylor is deep. They're long. Their guards are long. They defend you. They're in your shorts. It's the first game of the weekend. There's just, I mean, I don't see a a way Scott Drew loses this game. And I think they cover too. I think Jay Wright keeps it close for a while, but I just don't think he has the dudes. I I think it should be nine. Um, yeah. So, so Baylor to cover Baylor to win. How do you feel about the next game, Arkansas Oral Roberts? This one to me, I screams you, that potential blowout. I started putting it there. out.
0: I started putting it out last week that you know, yes, it's fun when a 15-2 matchup happens and they beat them, but I would rather a hundred times over see Arkansas Ohio State here, um, and that's not how it rolls. So I understand. And Oral Roberts beat two teams to get to where they're at. And they can score. Oral Roberts can score, let me tell you. Um, number zero, I think, the forward they have, that dude can shoot the daylights out of the ball. But Arkansas, man, they're they. I don't know how they do it, um, but they're tough. They're gritty. You have to be tough and gritty to beat a Texas Tech team like they did and go at them and have Texas Tech make a run back at you and not fold. Um, they're tough. They're gritty. That line's Arkansas getting 11 and a half. Um, I you know I I think I I think Arkansas covers um, Oral Roberts. There's two tapes on them. Florida is that they're putrid. Um, they can't score as much as Oral Roberts can. Ohio State the problems they had defensively got exposed by Oral Roberts' ability to score. I think Arkansas gets it done. I think Saturday has a real potential to be a real not fun day, except for the last one. But what are your thoughts on the Arkansas Oral Roberts game?
1: I think it's I think it's all about how interested Arkansas is in this game.
0: I how think you're not interested it's a sweet 16 because you think
1: you're playing Baylor in a day. I mean that's, that's all true. I can come up with is you think you have a spot on the final four on the line against Baylor in a day but no I'm with you I, I'm I think we're gonna continue the cover train here. I think Arkansas covers I think it's 14, 15 16 or more. if they're interested and they're interested in pushing the pace and really blowing them out of the building I think they can. Um, but yeah, I think the Oral Roberts train statistically, the double digit seeds, once they get here, they really start to fall off the rails. Yeah. And like you said, you have tape on them. Now you've seen what they, the adjustments they've made in the tournament live in the tournament. You've seen what they've done differently than they've done all season. There's just too much out there on them now. Yeah. Yeah. You I hinted agree. at it. You hinted yeah. at it. Houston, Syracuse, your guy, they're calling in Gosh. buddy brackets 2.0, which the I walking was- bucket quite an offense at um a good old uh i'm blanking the, the oklahoma player we we're just talking about oklahoma buddy healed thank you i couldn't come up with his last name so oklahoma was a little offended about about that on twitter but buddy brackets 2.0 buddy bayheim the coach's son is a walking bucket he Literally. is averaging like 75 points a game i mean do you think do you think they're going to get kelvin sampson in houston here
0: Kelvin Sampson and Houston should have got, got against Rutgers. Rutgers literally peed on the floor in that game. Like, you could see it as they were walking off. They were up 10 with, like, four minutes left, and they decided I will go Dean Smith four corners without having Dean Smith four corners athletes. And it's like, what are you doing? First off, the house kid for Rutgers should have had the ball in his hand every possession down the stretch. But I'll quit talking about Rutgers. Houston, if that one kid – um is hurting with his hip pointer thing going on. They're going to struggle to win that game. They're going to struggle in that game. Syracuse's zone, I'm telling you, it's giving people fits. West Virginia, they they had a pretty good game plan against it. San Diego State, I swear, had never seen a two three zone in their entire existence um, because that was atrocious. But Bobby Huggins got had a team coached up, but same old same old. Bobby Huggins recently, he can't get he can't get his team to perform in the tournament. Um, Syracuse, they live and die at the 11th seed. They also live and die by the three-point line right now. Um, the point guard, can't remember his name, excuse me, um, but Buddy Bayheim literally, he comes down, turns his hips, gets a shot up, you think it's going in. The dude the dude is on a different level right now. Um, Past his old man for highest scoring total in a tournament game at Syracuse, which is impressive, you know, good old Jimmy boy. But I think Syracuse gets them. Um, I know that Houston – is a six and a half point favorite here. I ew. that's the that one's about as intriguing as the Baylor seven and a half pointer. Um, I thought this line should be like three and a half if you're gonna make if you're gonna favor Houston, but I'm taking cues. Yeah, I mean, the last time we agreed on four
1: games, uh, our brackets ended up in last place, you know, and they goodness still are. Gracious. Um, side yeah. note, I'm currently losing to three uh, fourth graders. I am very this is one of the low points of both my professional career as well as my uh fandom and just general career as a person so if you could have some sympathy i really appreciate that um syracuse covers let's just leave it at that we won't take them out right we're not hitting the syracuse money line i'm not you can hit the syracuse money line i'll just take the cover here um but yeah i think Perfect. it's this saturday is the biggest chance for blowout and sunday is the one that i'm really really looking forward to take us through it just
0: uh the first one here we got the zags and creighton um i think this one carries over the snooze fest from saturday um we get a little bit of a wake-up call in the last one but i think gonzaga and creighton look the zags are good um the zags are really good and they should they're playing because i disrespected them and didn't pick them as my champion um but they're really dang good and until they show me otherwise, I think they're the best team in the world at the collegiate level right now. Um, but the best team in the country, uh, I, I still don't think Creighton's that good. Um, I hate to say it, Nick, but I think they benefited from an easy draw. Um, they got, you know, Santa Barbara, who should have beat them, and then they had the Bobbies, Um who were just outmatched? I'm just, I'll just flat say it. They didn't execute. They didn't score. They didn't do anything they wanted to do. At least when I watched, that, I turned it off. I wasn't going to watch the Bobbies if I didn't have to. Um, but I think, I think this one, Creighton's going to give it a puncher's chance for a little bit. But I mean, Gonzaga doesn't care if they get down ten early because they just keep coming. And then you blink and you're down twenty. Um, the Zags are good. Zags, the Zags cover, in my opinion. And it's a third, they're a thirteen point favorite. Just to clarify, the
1: Zags are still undefeated. They have won by double digits in all but one ball game. And it's not a weak schedule either. Like a lot of no. people historically have tried to pick Gonzaga apart about their weak schedule. They didn't have one this year, to be quite honest. Um, they're the they're the real deal and they're deep. Um, I think really with Gonzaga, if they are interested in defending in any ball game, they're not gonna lose. Like if they're interested in and playing possession by possession defensively, they're just simply not going to lose. Um, I agree with you. Creighton is not my favorite team. They're streaky. Um, I, I agree with. OU was overmatched physically, size, all the things. At, especially defensively, they just couldn't do it. Couldn't get in front of a guy and cut off a straight ball screen, as a as a Chris Mack would say. Um, but Gonzaga. Gonzaga by 23 over Ooh. Creighton.
0: Dag on. Oh, good old-fashioned butt-whooping right there. Um, the next one we'll talk about here is the Wolverines against Leonard Hamilton and the Florida State Seminoles. Um, this one, get your popcorn ready, folks. This one could be really, 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 really fun. Um, Michigan held on, got the job done against – a streaky LSU team which has played pretty pretty well um in a conference in the SEC that's performed I thought pretty well above what everybody expected them to um Florida State put some things together um I thought at times uh I mean they blew they blew the doors off Colorado UNC Greensboro gave them a heck of a game I thought that was a good game um in a first round matchup so I don't know um You know, I had some concerns about Michigan. I thought they might not get out of the first weekend. Neither did you. Um, But they did get out of the first weekend. I think there is – Livers is out, right? He's not playing. Is he playing in this game or is he out the whole tournament? My
1: my understanding is unless they get to the Final Four, he's not even a, a conversation piece
0: must be nice but to even have that as consideration but I don't know um, this game's a toss-up which is why I think the line's two and a half um it does favor Michigan. I wouldn't st- I would stay away from this game personally um, you know but I don't I don't put any investments on anything so you know it is what it is but I think I don't know um, I don't know if Michigan's deep enough just because livers is out. Um, I think Michigan is talented enough, and I think they could get the job done, but I don't know if they're deep enough against the Florida State team that when Florida State really, really, really buys in, is really, really hard to play offense against and really, really hard to defend. Um, I don't know. The Dickinson and the Florida State post-matchup is going to be an interesting one, I think it's going to be fun. Um, But I don't know. I I guess if I have to pick one here, I'm going to go with Wolverines, but I – I would not I, – I, I wouldn't take them to cover.
1: Yeah, so to be clear, I thought Michigan might be out. But in my bracket, I do have Michigan-Florida State in this game. So I would like that to be known. This is one of the few matchups that I got correctly. And one of my students has Michigan winning the whole thing. So we got to get this one. We got to get it the way it's predicted. I got the Seminoles in the Final Four. We got to get it right here. They're deep. They're long. And they play defense. They agitate you. Leonard Hamilton can coach in March. All the reasons why I have them in the Final Four and had them in the Final Four, so I got to ride with it. They cover, they win outright, they take advantage of Michigan's guards, and they and I think the Hunter Dickinson's going to have two fouls in about sixty-seven seconds. So I think they're going to get to him, they're going to agitate him, they're going to get him frustrated, get him in foul trouble. I think you're going to see at least one tech in this game. This feels like one of those like really going at it kind of games like a player's gonna know. get a tech
0: Juwan howard might try to fight somebody
1: <laughs> and i think Jawan howard might get himself another tech um that was quite a line right there but i'm gonna roll with the the seminoles i'm gonna roll with you know the acc give me the cues and the seminoles the not not nearly the two overall best acc teams in the regular season but you know what who cares get it done in march protect the conference's uh brand and I think Florida State, I think this is the one for me. It's 5 o'clock on Sunday. It's a matinee. It's It should be the premiere showing. But on a Sunday, I feel like that's a good time for a Sweet 16 fist fight. So I'm here for it. I'm here for Jawan Howard losing his mind and losing the game. Let's do
0: it. Let's get it. Next one, Alabama-UCLA. Um, the Fighting Mick Cronins are just flat, just shocking the world. Um, and then you got the Alabama Crimson Tad, who I really need to win. Um, just, just to be flat out honest, to not finish dead last, um, and so does my mama. So, we'll uh, we'll try to get Christy Clemens some some help here. But uh, you know, so I, Alabama's a seven point favorite. Uh, UCLA has played shockingly well, um, but they're young, um, and they they play a lot of guys. Um, they play. They actually don't play a lot of guys. I don't know why I just said that. I'm going to correct myself. They really don't play a lot of guys. They have a guy that's playing like 40 minutes a night. Um, they didn't have to play too hard against Abilene Christian, which is embarrassing for Texas. Um, they beat Abilene Christian by 20. Um, look, UCLA's buying in defensively. They gave up 62 points against BYU, and that was a BYU team that had Gonzaga on the ropes. Um, they gave up 47 against Abilene Christian. Now Abilene Christian isn't an offensive juggernaut, but still. Um, Alabama can flat score. If they're making shots, which they did against Maryland, and Maryland ran into a buzzsaw of buzzsaws, um, they have a shot. If they're not, then it looks like the Iona game. I think you got to roll with Bama here um, just because I think they're the more talented. They're the deeper team. They're the better team, but it's March, and Mick Cronin is finding ways to win and out-coach people, um, and I – but with that being said, I think I think Alabama, Lord, I think Alabama gets the job done and moves on to play, I said, Michigan. So.
1: All righty. Um, if you shoot 16 of 33 from three, you're going to win probably every game except maybe Gonzaga. Um, if Alabama shoots like this, they, they'll be in the final four, no question, which is why a lot of people rode them. And the whole – the whole Alabama philosophy, just to be clear with Nate Oates, is we shoot from the three and we dunk the ball, and we don't do anything else. We get to the rim, we get to the foul they're line. They're pretty good at it. And we shoot from three. And statistically, I mean, at Buffalo it worked. And at Alabama it seems to work in the SEC as well. I mean, like you said, when they're cold, it's the Iona game where they have to grind it out and just have two His blazer
0: game, in. though, is is intense. I, I mean, like I'll Nate
1: I've always been a Nate Oates guy. He's an action guy, so I'm a big fan. Again, another another man who, if he wants the Indiana job, could probably get the Indiana job. He probably doesn't want the Indiana job either. Alabama's a better place right now, which is wild to say. But if the Crimson Tide shoot the ball well, which I think they will, um, then I think they advance. I I would, I'd be very close to saying, with some certainty, that Mick Cronin gets a tech in this game. It Dang. just feels like the right spot, you know. Like with his junior size mask, it looked like his. I mask mean, isn't ever well, big enough for his face. I mean, the the fun fact of March so far is who's won the most games in the tournament. UCLA and Mit yeah. because they had to win that p- stupid playing game. There's a team every year that does that. I think all but one year since they instituted the first four with like actual good teams, in it
0: that team's done that. But I'll take the Crony was that. fired up about his team being an 11 seed. I'll just say that, like. If you – we know Mick Cronin because Cincinnati internal on local 12 and seeing him, he was fire. He was Mick Cronin high level fired up about First of all, first of all, uh, WCPO Channel 9 over Channel 12, just to be clear. Really, WLWT beats them all. I'll just say it. uh, Steve Raleigh would like to have a word with you over there at Channel 9. (laughs) Kevin uh, Robinson disagrees.
1: Big game, Steve, but uh, um, (laughs) – wow what are we talking about anyway, we are here we go loose this evening
0: you usc and oregon in the pac-12 uh semi-final because i think whoever wins this game and plays gonzaga should actually be the pac-12 final because gonzaga should join the pac-12 but that's just my that's just my own personal thought but anyway usc oregon um usc is a two-point favorite they have a guy who could be the number two pick in the draft, and could, with a good showing in the next couple of games, could move up to the number one pick in the draft. Oregon, um, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't watched much of them. Nick, their time always seems to hit at a, either I'm going to bed, or you know something crazy, I, or it's not a game that I'm interested in, or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'll let you do the talking on this one more. I think, uh, yeah, that's that's where I will leave it. I'll just let you do the talking. I know USC absolutely obliterated Kansas though.
1: Well, first of all, maybe Mick was right, and he was right about the conference, and we were all wrong, and they should have been a seven or eight seed, and he was like, look at the teams we played, and now he probably is very validated. Um, these two teams met before USC beat them by 12. Um, again, Oregon is healthier than they have been all season. USC's guard play is as good as it's been all season. I think this one's going to be real fun. Um, I think it always gets interesting when you have conference opponents in late March in the tournament. I think it's USC. I think this line is low. I would take USC to cover here. I think they just got the right dudes right now. Oregon and Dana Altman, again, they figure out how to win in March. That's his thing. How I didn't pick Oregon and the fact that they they won without even playing beside the point. Somehow I didn't pick the Ducks. That that was my miss, absolute swing and miss. But Oregon-USC here, and um, I'll take the Trojans. But, again, uh, the fourth grader who's leading the standings has Oregon in the Elite so – Fair. or usc in the elite eight excuse me oh. so i am in some deep trouble here folks
0: um the player that i left unnamed from usc's evan mobley that's my bad should have named him um, a lot of people saying like i said could be the number two pick a lot of people saying he should be the number one pick uh, with kate cunningham's performance in the tournament he's averaged at 16 and a, half a game eight eight rebounds a game three blocks a game sure does sound like a dude that translate to the nba game for me um but that's our sweet 16 matchups um making for some good Elite Eight matchups. It's going to be another great um, weekend of basketball. Very interesting with the job carousel right now. Um, Excited to see how this rolls um, into the Final Four, if we get to have some fun in the Final Four, or if it's just Gonzaga and Baylor saying, hold our cake. Uh, We'll see you all on Monday night. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that next week, but we will catch you next time back on the Bricks.